Hello and welcome to the newest series here on the Mercy and Truth podcast called Wednesdays in the Word. This is a live broadcast that airs every Wednesday at noon, hosted by Brother Jeremiah Simpson. I pray that it is a blessing as you listen today. The Bible says in Malachi 1, verse number 6, A son honoreth his father, and a servant his master. If then I be a father, where is mine honor? And if I be a master, where is my fear? saith the Lord of hosts unto you, O priests that despise my name, and ye say, Wherein have we despised thy name? Ye offer polluted bread upon mine altar, and ye say, Wherein have we polluted thee? In that ye say, The table of the Lord is contemptible. If ye offer the blind for sacrifice, is it not evil? And if ye offer the lame and sick, is it not evil? Offer it now unto thy governor. Will he be pleased with thee? Or accept thy person, saith the Lord of hosts. And now I pray you beseech God that he will be gracious unto us, that this hath been your means. Will he regard your person, saith the Lord of hosts? Who is there even among you that would shut the doors of the, for naught? Neither do ye kindle fire, uh, fire on mine altar for naught. For I have no pleasure in you, saith the Lord of hosts. Neither will I accept an offering at your hand. For from the rising of the sun, even to the going down of the same, my name shall be great among the Gentiles. And in every place incense shall be offered unto my name and pure offering. For my name shall be great among the heathen, saith the Lord of hosts. But ye have profaned it, in that you say the table of the Lord is polluted, and the, the fruit thereof, even in its meat, is contemptible. You said also, Behold, what a weariness is it. And ye have snuffed, and, uh, and ye have... I snuffed at it, saith the Lord of hosts. And ye brought that which was torn, and the lame, and the sick. Thus ye brought an offering. Should I accept this of your hand, saith the Lord? But cursed be the deceiver which hath in his flock a male, and voweth and sacrificeth unto the Lord a corrupt thing. For I am a great king, saith the Lord of hosts, and my name is dreadful among the heathen. Now I know that was a little bit of reading, but I, we're going to be all through those verses today, okay? And uh, man, uh, some great great text that we just read and today we're going to be talking about now the series we know what it is is uh is the lord disgusted with you that's the question that we're posing and today we're going to be talking on this topic we're going to show you some insights of how we dishonor and discuss the lord insights of how we dishonor the lord now in their arrogance here the priest we talked about the priest last week the priest here, he said, uh, they said in their arrogance, how have we despised your name? And the Lord proceeds to give them specific answers in our text of how that they are despising this name. And as we look at their offenses, see, we can see their offenses. We can look at ourselves to see if we're making some of the same mistakes. And I'll make this statement right here. The Christian life is not always easy, but it is always simple. I'll say it one more time. The Christian life is not always easy, but it's always simple. You say, what's that? God gave us a roadmap right here in our Bible. God gave us a roadmap how to live our life. So let's look at these examples, okay? Let's look at them. Uh, how, insights of how we dishonor God. All right, here we go. We're going to get hit quite a few of them, but I won't spend a lot of time on each of them, okay? I want to try to help us. Uh, one is a brazen behavior. In failing to give respect to the Lord. When we fail to give God respect, it dishonors Him. We commented already on their attitude, the priest's attitude in dishonoring the Lord. Let me just add a little bit more here, okay? Dishonoring the Lord involves several 
of several other elements. See, these priests had, and these people had a bitterness and a uh, resentment when it came to worshiping or serving the Lord. Malachi 1.13 said, and, and ye said also, Behold, what weariness is it? And ye have snuffed at it, saith the Lord of hosts. And ye brought that which was torn, and the lame, and the sick. Thus ye brought an offering. Should I accept this of your hand? The priests were weary with the offerings they made to the Lord. Now that word weariness is a very strong word. It comes from the Hebrew word uh, tila. And this word, it means not only to be weary, but it means it, it, it indicates toil or distress and tribulation and great hardship. That's what that means. In fact, this is the same word that was used to describe the hardship that Israel encountered in their wilderness wanderings in Numbers chapter 20. These men were bitter and considered the service to the Lord a burden. Oh, man. Let me ask you a question. Do you consider the service your service to the Lord a burden? Uh, that's where these priests were uh, in Malachi chapter number 1. Now, unfortunately, there's, there's a lot of people, there's a lot of preachers in our day that have become miserable in the ministry. Why? Because they have taken the ministry and taken service to God as a burden. And they, uh, you know, they are failing to give the respect that God deserves, and they're made this attitude of of a burden instead of a blessing. And uh, you know, church isn't a burden. <laughs> it should never be a burden in your life. If 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 church is a burden in your life, then something's out of whack. Something is out of kilter in your heart. Church should never be a burden, but it should be a blessing. What a tragedy it is to live your life thinking that God's service is a burden on your life. Uh, you know, the resentment of the priest here is further seen when it said that, uh, in verse 13, I believe it said that they snuffed at the blessing or that the offerings that they served to the Lord. Now, what does that mean? I want you to think about this. This is pretty interesting. That word snuff, it comes from the Hebrew word uh, nafka. And, and uh, that's probably mispronounced, but it's pretty close. I know the meaning of it. That's what matters. This word also means, it means to seethe, it means to blow, it means to set ablaze or enrage. Now, this word is a metaphor, alright? This is what it means. This is very, very interesting, alright? Watch this. This word here that they snuffed at, it, it's metaphorically speaking, at this right here. It comes from a cattle, okay, or a cow, uh, when they didn't like their fodder. Okay, watch. They would... When, when a cow or a cattle doesn't love what or doesn't like what is in front of them, they will blow strongly through their nostrils, through their nose, upon that. And we know what comes out when you blow strong out of your nose. Somebody say, man, well, you know what's coming out of that, that cow or that bull when it blows strongly out of their nose. That's what it meant to snuff at it. So what it was, uh, what it was saying is the, the worship, the offering that they were giving to God was despicable to them it was of no value to them obviously i said this a second ago i'll say it again right here these fellas priorities were out of whack i mean they were way off their prior priorities were way off so let me ask you this question do you find yourself again interpretation application we got to apply it do you find yourself do you find yourself in that same dilemma snuffing I hope you understand what I'm saying here. Snuffing at the work of God or the offerings of God. 
you find that, I'm telling you what, do you have a take it or leave it attitude when it comes to serving the Lord Jesus Christ or living for Him? If you are involved in the ministry, have you become bored? Have you become burdened in it? As a Christian, if you leave the Holy Spirit out of your life, if you're not dependent on the Holy Ghost in your life, then you will get to this point in life. Oh, man. If you're not filled with the Spirit, you are going to get to the point where you're disgusted with the work of Christ, where you're burdened, when you're beat to death, feels like. You know, Paul faced many, many dramatic events in his life, but Paul didn't burn out. You know why? I believe because of the Holy Spirit's presence and power in Paul's life. D.L. Moody's got one of the greatest statements that's ever been said about this type of topic. D.L. Moody said this, I become weary in well-doing, but not weary of well-doing. That's, that's, that's just so much truth out there. I become weary in well-doing, but not weary of well-doing. I get tired in the way, but not tired of the way. I hope you understand that. That's what you're saying. And if you, the Holy Spirit, I'll just say this and I'll move on. The Holy Spirit makes the difference. Man, does he ever. So I see a brazen behavior that was them failing to give God respect. And that dishonors the Lord. Then I'll show you this. Uh, something else that dishonors the Lord is when blessings and benefits of God are forgotten. Uh, Romans one twenty one Because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful. Uh, have you ever done something for somebody? Maybe you've given them a gift. You ever give somebody a gift? I have. I know you have too. But they, they really just, when you give it to them, they really just fail to remember what you did for them or, or what you gave to them. They, maybe they didn't say, thank you. That probably thrilled your heart, didn't it? <laughs> no, it didn't thrill your heart. But how many times... You know, just like you giving somebody a gift and them not saying thank you, but how many times on our part has the Lord blessed us or given us something and we fail to give Him thanks for what He has done for us? I believe that most people in our world and, and our churches, let me go there. I believe that most people in our churches, oh, maybe not most, let me be nice. I believe a lot of people in our churches have uh, amnesia of the Almighty. I, I read that the other day in the book. I like that statement. They have amnesia. They suffer from amnesia of the Almighty and what He has done for them. When we do this, when we forget to give God glory and praise, we dishonor the Lord because His blessings are evidently not important and worth remembering to us. God's people struggled with this in, in the Bible. Oh man, they struggled with it in the Old Testament. Jeremiah chapter 2 uh, says, Can a maid forget her ornaments or a bride her attire? Yet my people have forgotten me days without number. Ezekiel 23 uh, says, Therefore thus saith the Lord God, because thou hast forgotten me and cast me behind thy back, therefore bear thou also thy lewdness and thy whoredoms. See, so we are urged though, we are urged by Scripture to not forget about the Lord and His benefits. Oh man, we don't need to forget about the benefits God has given. Psalms 103, verse number 2, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits. Deuteronomy 8.11, Beware that thou forget not the Lord thy God, and not keeping his commandments and his judgments and his statutes, which I command thee this day. If you struggle to remember God's benefits or his blessings, and that, you know, that can happen. I'm not saying you don't, that doesn't happen to people. I'm not saying that you just blatantly don't thank him for it. Sometimes maybe you just forget. 
Because we're people, we're human, we forget things. Can I challenge you to do something? Make a journal or make a diary of the blessings of God. If you forget to thank God for them, make a diary of it. Make a list of all the blessings. You ain't going to be able to count them all, friend. You will not be able to count all the blessings that God has bestowed upon your life. And when you start doing that, it will not matter what circumstance you may face in life. You can still be thankful for what God has done for you. Man, so I see you know, bitterness and resentment and worship in the Lord. The blessings and benefits from the Lord are forgotten. Then we'll look at this. Uh, something that will dishonor God is when we block our ears to the Lord's message. We dishonor the Lord by simply not listening to Him. Do you find yourself there? Not listening to His Word. Zechariah 7, 12 said this, Yea, they made their hearts as an adamant stone, lest they should hear the law and the words which the Lord of hosts hath sent in His Spirit by the form of prophets. Therefore, came a great wrath from the Lord of hosts. The reason some people drop, well, I believe the reason some people drop out of church is because they don't want to listen to what God has to say. They don't want to listen. Maybe their attitude is, you know, nobody's going to tell me what to do or nobody's going to tell me how to live, you know. Maybe they have that attitude, but they go through life doing their own thing, getting their own way, but they end up with a mess. They end up with a mess. And friend, God doesn't make a mess out of your life. He cleans up your life. Man, I wish we'd get that. He doesn't make a mess. We blame God a lot of times for the mess that we have in our life. But a lot of times it's just because we ain't listening to His Word. We're not listening to His Word. One of the best ways we can honor Him is listening to what He has to say. And then to put it into practice. Put it into practice. Uh, so, <clears throat> a brazen behavior in failing to give God respect. Let me show you this. When, we, when our best is not offered to God, we disgust Him. We dishonor God when our best is not given to Him. We see that right here in our text. I was reminded of a story I heard one time. I think, I think it might have even been Paul Harvey that shared it. Uh, it's a true story of a woman and a frozen Thanksgiving turkey. Uh, the, the Butterball Turkey Company had set up a telephone hotline to answer consumer questions about uh, how to fix and prepare a holiday turkey. Well, one woman called this hotline and talked to them and proceeded to tell them about how she had had a turkey in the bottom of her freezer for the last 23 years. I, for real, I'm not lying. 23 years. Well, the Butterball representative told her that the turkey would probably be safe to eat as long as the freezer was kept under zero, uh, below zero, uh, for the entire 23 years. But the Butterball representative warned her that even if it was kept at that temperature, that uh, that uh, the flavor would probably have been uh, deteriorated from the turkey. And it would have been deteriorated to such a degree that she would not recommend eating the turkey because it probably would not taste good at all. And this woman replied, she said, you know what, uh, that's that's kind of what I thought. We'll, we'll, probably, we'll just take it to our church. <laughs> uh, look out. And... Uh, that, I just think that story is so funny. But the attitude, here's what I told that story for. The attitude that that lady right there in that story showed is the same attitude that God's people were showing in Malachi's day. See, God was disgusted with his people because of their attitude in giving to him. We read it right in our text, and we're going we're gonna to read it again right here. They did not give God their best. They did not. They didn't. It's just real simple. Malachi 1, 7, and 8. Ye offer polluted bread upon mine altar, 
And you say, wherein have we polluted thee? In that you say, the table of the Lord is contemptible. Verse 8, and if ye offer the blind for sacrifice, is it not evil? And if ye offer the lame and sick, is it not evil? Offer it now unto thy governor. Will he be pleased with thee, or accept thy person, saith the Lord of hosts? Then verse number 12 and 13 talks about, but if ye, but ye profaned it, in that ye say the table of the Lord is polluted, and the fruit thereof, even as meat is contemptible. Watch, and ye, and ye brought that which was torn, and the lame, and the sick. Thus ye brought an offering. Should I accept this of your hand, saith the Lord? Can you hear the, how upset the Lord is speaking to his people right there? So why was the Lord upset, preacher? Well, they were giving God the leftovers. They were giving God their garbage. Honestly, they were giving God far from their best. They were cheap with Him, and the, these folks did not consider the Lord worthy of their best. Oh, man. They considered the offerings to the Lord as contemptible or of no importance at all. They offered the Lord polluted bread. Polluted bread is a reference to the defective animals, right? That were offered on the brazen altar. Not the showbread that was in the tabernacle, but the animals were sick and, and diseased and defective. And such offerings were forbidden. And it was disgusted by the Lord. Yet they did not think. They did not think that anything was wrong in doing this. And the Lord rebuked him. He said, offer your diseased animals to your governor. And see if he will be pleased. Do you think they'll be acceptable to him? Of course the answer is no. Let me show you Leviticus 22. But whatsoever hath a blemish, that shall ye not offer. For it shall not be acceptable for you. Deuteronomy 15:21. And if there be any blemish therein, as if it be lame or blind, right? Or have any ill blemish, thou shalt not sacrifice it unto thy, unto thy God, unto the Lord thy God. The meat was also polluted for a couple of reasons, but one of the reasons was because the priests were unclean when they offered it. See, all these offerings were to be a picture. This is so important. This is why I'm, I'm, I'm laboring this point. All of these offerings were to be a picture of Christ who would one day die for the sins of the whole world. And if these offerings were imperfect, how could they picture the perfect sacrifice that Jesus Christ was to be on Calvary's hill. These offerings were an indication of what was going on in the hearts of the people. It reflected their priorities. I've already talked about it. It reflected the attitude that they had toward the Lord in their hearts. Matthew 6, 21, For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Their treasure was not offered to God because their hearts did not belong to Him. It's very simple. More than anything else, God wants our hearts. For thou desirest not sacrifice, else would I give it. Thou delightest not in burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart. Oh God, thou wilt not despise. That's Psalm 51. God desires that we be holy, that we be clean. What God's people were doing here was not worship at all. It's not even close. It was not worship at all. True worship of the Lord gives worth or importance to the Lord. And he's worthy of our best effort and attitude. As Christians, I'll say this. When it comes to giving God, we should look our best. Oh, we might not like this right here. Well, as Christians, we should look our best. We should act our best, give our best, 
We should work our best at whatever we may be doing because we're ambassadors and we are to live godly lives. So don't go through life giving God your garbage. He doesn't want it. The New Testament says that our lives should be a living sacrifice to God. That's Romans 12. If we give God only our leftover time, if we give God only our leftover money, our leftover energy, then we repeat the same sin that we find here at these worshipers who didn't want to bring anything valuable to God. And if anybody is worthy of all the value that we have, it's God. But yet how many times we're not giving God what He is so worthy of. We give Him the leftovers that we have. After we've given everything else to everybody and everything else in life, then we give God, well, if we got time, if we got time, we'll show up Sunday night, Wednesday night. If I don't, I'm not too tired, we give Him the leftovers. God should be number one in our priorities. Number one. It's so simple. I told you, the Christian's life is not easy sometimes. But it's always simple. It's always simple. We've seen so far that our lives can be disgusting to the Lord in these ways. Dishonoring Him or disregarding, giving honor to God. Bitterness and resentment toward worship. Uh, the blessings and benefits being forgotten. Uh, bolting or blocking our ears to the message of God. And then not offering our best to Him. Then this is probably the last one we'll get to just for a second time. But I want to show you this. A bad testimony and bad behavior disgust the Lord. Stay with me for this one. I'm going to tell you a story at the end of this that will help you. 1 Timothy 6 says, Let as many servants as are under the yoke count their own masters worthy of all honor, that the name of God and His doctrine be not blasphemed. Titus 2, 4-5, That they may teach the young women to be sober, to love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet, chaste, keepers at home, good, obedient to their own husbands, that the word of God be not blasphemed. Our bad example not only causes God to be disgusted with us, but with other Christians too. See, when we break God's commandments, when we break God's commandments, we dishonor Him. The Bible says in Romans 2, Thou that makest thy boast of the law through breaking the law, dishonorest thou God. We dishonor the Lord when we are disobedient to His word. Our bad behavior not only dishonors and disgusts the Lord, but it also grieves Him. It grieves him with our bad behavior. The Bible says in Isaiah 63, But they rebelled and vexed his Holy Spirit, therefore he was turned to be their enemy. He fought against them. Acts 7, 51, You stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears, you do always resist the Holy Ghost as your fathers did, so do ye. Ephesians 4, 30, And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you are sealed unto the day of redemption. On the other hand, we disgust him when we honor him. But when we, are, when we create, uh, courageously and faithfully live for Christ, we bring honor to Him. We give glory to Him. Just like when our bad behavior or our bad testimony dishonors Him, when we faithfully live for Him, we give Him honor. Instead of taking away from it, we give Him honor. See, this is what I want to get to, and I'm almost done. But our lives preach a great message to all those around us. To, it can be heard throughout the whole world. You say, ah, my life cannot be heard throughout the whole world. Let me tell you a story. The, there was a young couple. Their names was John and Betty Stam. John and Betty Stam met at the Moody Bible Institute where they both felt God calling them to missions in the country of China. A year after Betty returned to China, where her parents were, 
Um, they were veteran missionaries in China. John followed, but he got stationed in a in a different region. They, they were not necessarily together. Well, a year later, October uh, 25th, 1933, it's a long time ago, October 25th, 1933, the two were married, John and Betty. A uh, little, uh, not quite a year later, in September of 1934, they became the proud parents of a little a baby named Helen Priscilla Stam. Three months later, after that baby was born, more than 2,000 communists mounted a surprise attack on Qingti, which was where the Stams lived. John, Betty, and the baby were taken into custody for several days. They were watched closely. And while that time, John was still able. They allowed him to send letters to their headquarters. And in one letter, he relayed to their uh, of their captors demand for $20,000 ransom. And then he closed with this, The Lord bless you and guide you. And as for us, may God be glorified whether by life or by death. See, the Stams were aware of the strong anti-Western, anti-Christian sentiments of, the, of China's Red Army, but they were nevertheless shocked when they heard, they overheard some of the soldiers discussing how to dispose of their little baby, Helen. On the morning of December the 8th, the soldiers prepared to kill their baby, Helen Priscilla. And as they did this, a farmer who had heard about their situation stepped forward and pleaded for the life of the child. The farmer was told that it would be his life for hers. That's what it was sold, and he agreed. And right there on the spot, that farmer was killed, and little Helen was spared. The next morning, Betty was bathing Helen. And as she was bathing Helen, they were suddenly forced to leave. John and Betty were forced to leave without the baby. And as John and Betty Stan were led to certain execution, they were led to certain execution by their communist captors. Someone asked, where are you going? Where are you going? And after saying that he really didn't know where they were going, where the guards were going, John added, but we're going to heaven. <laughs> Stripped to their undergarments, the two were paraded down the street and a crowd gathered. And as they were paraded down the street, they were sentenced to sure death. And a Chinese doctor that was a Christian made a last-minute plea, stepped in and made a last-minute plea for the lives of John and Betty. Without hesitation, the communists condemned this doctor to death. And in turn, John begged. John, John, John Stan begged for the life of this Christian doctor, but to no avail. And they executed that doctor right on the spot. Then John and Betty, the two missionaries, they were ordered to be executed. They were ordered to their knees. And in quick succession, the Chinese soldiers took their razor-edged swords and they cut off both their heads right there. Christians around the world, Christians around the world learned of the young missionary's death. And as well as the daring rescue of these, of these Chinese Christians. They, baby Helen, they learned that they had to do a hundred mile trek with Helen hidden in a rice basket to get to, with Helen in the rice basket to get to Betty's 
Helen's grandma and grandpa, Betty's parents, that were missionaries there in China. Despite serving only three years on the mission field, John and Betty Stam inspired a generation through their courageous martyrdom for Christ. Hundreds, I, I literally hundreds upon hundreds of people volunteered for missionary service following the publication of the Stam's biography. Their lives brought honor. Their lives brought glory to God by the way they lived and by the way they died. You know what? They are a challenge to every single one of us today to do the same. Hearing stories like that challenges me. And ask, it, it makes me ask the question to myself, am I serving God fully? Am I serving God to that extent? If my life were to be put on the line, is my service to God that strong? It was for John and Betty Stam. So let me ask you at this point in the series, after we've talked about all this, is God disgusted with you? That's what this whole series is about. We looked at today insights of how we dishonor God. And a bad testimony and bad behavior is one, to me, it's one of the top. But on the other side of things, a good testimony, good behavior, it's helpful. Man, it's so helpful to honor and glorify God. I could talk about how we dishonor him with a lack of belief or faith. I could talk about blaspheming the Lord or a bogus and hypocritical attitude. Boasting dishonors God. But here's what I'm going to say. If you're struggling with these various areas, then please take the necessary steps. Take the necessary steps to correct them in your life. We should have lives that honor God. As Christians, that honor Him instead of dishonoring Him. Now, come back next week. Next Wednesday, we're going to talk about the command of the Lord. Alright, we're going to talk about the command of the Lord. And then, or the imperative that God gives. Then we're going to talk about the immensity and importance of God's name. That is found in Malachi chapter number 1. Now, I'll tell you what, I have thoroughly enjoyed studying. I hope you enjoyed listening a little bit. Wednesday's in the Word. Alright? We're going to talk about some things that's very, very important next week. And we're going to close out the series of, Is the Lord Disgusted with You? And we'll see you next Wednesday. And until then, I pray the Lord will richly bless you.